We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by the recovered Rohan Kadi. I I should just put that up front because if the people, you know, they don't do playbacks, you were on playback today, but the last GSPN pod people heard, we talked about how you were under the weather. So Rohan, I'm glad to report that you're feeling better. I guess I could let you report that as well, too. Yeah, uh, the source, the the phone call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that uh, that is. But thank you, you guys did a great job on that crossover. That was a great episode. I'm I apologize that I could not be on it. I plan to be on it, but I thought you guys did a great job. It was a great episode. Listen to it. Uh, I think the day it came out or after day after I think uh, it was a, it was a fantastic episode. Well done. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling all better, ready to go, ready to talk some bucks because they're. They're still winning time. Yeah. 14 in a row. Shout out Johnny Mack, John McLaughlin, number 14. Yeah, that's a good one. What was it? Was it 18 they did in 2019-20? It was. That's going to be tough. We'll talk about it. I mean, the, the the thesis of this podcast is will the Milwaukee Bucks lose again? I want to say it's tongue-in-cheek, but I don't know. I don't know if I can talk Rohan into the Bucks taking another L this season. I mean, I feel like we're both so fired up, and I think out of the two of us, Maybe you're more excitable, shall we say? But first, yeah, let's go with that one. But first, real quick, a couple of things. We've really we've hit you over the head with this stuff, so I'll keep it quick. But the fellas are all getting together. The whole GSPN crew, Adam and Andrew, coming in from out of town, across the country, and across the ocean in yeah. early April. Different so, state, different country. Come on, yeah. this is a big time event, people. Huge, big, and big time. Ty knows this is a big time event. Big time. Rohan knows even better. Bayshore Parker Bayshore on, the, on the call Parker. here. Um, but let us know if you want to attend that. If you're, if you're serious about going, we don't know exactly where yet. We're getting an idea of the amount of people. But let us know, gspn.info to register. You put in your email. We'll email you with details once a venue is booked. Is that April 2 or 4? Four? 
Four. Thank it's you. Tuesday, April fourth. That's where I got the two from. Tuesday, April. We're gonna 4th. be watching. We're gonna be watching some Bucks Wizards. I believe we're gonna and be watching Brewers, some Mets. Brewers Mets. Yeah, yes. it's a big sports day. So it'll be a great, great time with all the whole crew and and bunch of lovely listeners. So we're looking forward to that. And last day today, as we were, as you hear this, the twenty seventh to enter to win an autographed Bobby Portis jersey, courtesy of our friends at Feeding America should, Eastern should, should, Wisconsin. Should I pull it up. Oh, yeah, pull, pull it up. It up. Do you have it handy? He's getting it. Yeah. If you're not watching on YouTube, check it out for a pick. I guess we did share a pick earlier, but this is a vid. First vid of the jersey reveal here. Exclusive. Oh, nice. Oh, the, the signature looks great. Wow. It's, it, 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 yeah, it's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. It is the good stuff. The mayor of Milwaukee signed. Again, thanks to our friends at Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. Go help them with their mission of feeding hungry kids. We've raised a couple hundred bucks already, courtesy of listeners, so we very much thank you for that. And the giveaway details are also at gspn.info, but the quick version is screenshot proof that you're subscribed to all four of our podcasts, plus a screenshot showing you donating to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. Each one of those is worth one entry, so up to five entries per person. So go enter Show some love to us, and more importantly, show some love to Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin. Let's make sure no kids go hungry. Okay. For, for sure, 100%. Now, back to the Bucks. Rohan, I'll just throw it right to you. I don't know what you're going to say. We didn't we didn't kibitz on this beforehand. Will the Milwaukee Bucks lose again? They might not, Ty. I mean, they they will. They will at some point. Right, like they're they're going to lose another game, but when is it going to come? We've talked. You talked. You mentioned that they had an 18 game winning streak during the uh, 1920 season, which is their longest in franchise history. I believe the I believe it's 33 or 34 games is the longest in NBA history. I think it was the, by the Lakers. Oh, the Lakers. I don't, did they? I don't think the Heat did it. Did they? No, I don't think they did. And did the Warriors? Maybe they did it over two seasons, but not. And that should not count. By the way, no. that does not count. That's totally different. That's it's different teams, different rosters, yeah, different I mean, years. Well, yeah. it's, oh, there's a huge break. The whole part about it being difficult is it's so many. We know how the NBA calendar is: back to backs, three and four nights in there. That's why it's so impressive to have an NBA winning streak. For sure. So it's it you're it's the thirty three, thirty four, whatever the Lakers did. The Bucks, they might have a chance to get there. We're still in soft part of the schedule. And it really, really helps. You know what helps with winning streaks? What's that? When you're a really good team, which is what the Milwaukee Bucks are, they keep winning games. We are coming to you on Sunday evening. We are recording this. It is after the Bucks beats the Phoenix Suns without Giannis, given the Suns did not have Kevin Durant as well. But yep. it was it was a game where the Bucks did not have their 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 superstar, their god, Giannis Tedekumpo playing. And it was still a great game. You got performances all the way around. Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. It was just, it was performance after performance. And Boss Man 9-9 chiming in. There was great performances all around. So when you get this team cohesion going, you get this actually, like you get this team playing as a team together, they feel like a machine. Yeah. And this is what they, this is what they look like. This is why they've rattled off 14 wins in a row. And when you look at the schedule upcoming time, this is what the premise of this episode was. Yep. Was just to see when are they going to lose again. I'm having a tough time picking out the game tie because so, we have some softballs in them. We do. I think the real enemy here is going to be just rest advantage. 
you know, you look at the schedule and it's Nets who are no longer good and are, are losing a lot. They absolutely got drubbed by the Bulls this past week. But then Nets magic, it's a back-to-back, first in Brooklyn, then in, and then in Milwaukee. And then Saturday, Sunday is Sixers-Wizards, another back-to-back, first in Milwaukee against the, Wiz- against the Sixers, and then at home against uh, Washington. And then a game off, and then magic again on the road, another day off, then Nets at home. So it's really a packed schedule. And then you look at, you know, Saturday, March 11th, Warriors. This is a road trip, by the way. 13th Kings, 14th Suns, 16th Pacers. They have a lot of games coming up in March. So I do think that's going to work against them the most. But as we've seen, this team is able to find ways to win, even if they don't have all their players available. And I think the depth of the roster is why we've seen this win streak and why they are able, they, they certainly are in a position to keep it going because we saw Giannis has barely played the last Three has not or barely played the last three Bucks games, right? Didn't play this game today against Phoenix and then barely played against Chicago and barely played against the Heat. And the Bucks still found ways to win and scored 112, 128, and then only 104 against Phoenix this, this today. Uh, also a day game, which kind of pretty sloppy game at times. But we just keep seeing different players step up. Today it was Drew Holiday more than anyone else. Bobby Portis was sensational against the Heat. So I just think we're seeing like the the benefits of having not just a great team, as you mentioned. We've seen great Bucks teams before, but a team that the depth is really great too in, in itself. And now Pat Connaughton was back, didn't play well, but just nice to see him playing against Phoenix. That leaves the injury report as only Giannis, who, as I said, did miss that game. And then Wesley Matthews, who's dealing with a calf strain. TBD, that unfortunately could take a while. But... I mean, yeah, you know, that's the thing about this, though, right? Like, would it shock me if they lost to Orlando on the – the folks love when I try to do the Segi Baba, the way I pronounce (laughs) second game of a back-to-back Segi Baba. Would it shock me? Not really. I mean, the the Magic are, like, pushing for playing. I think they're a respectable team when they're healthy. Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Paolo Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams is back. They just former Bucks legend, same pick as um, Marjan a couple years earlier, RJ Hampton, straight up released. Oof, not a good look there. Um, and for Michael Carter Williams of all players, but so that that's why I mean it's going to be impressive. I think really at this point, every win from now is impressive, just because we've seen even very good teams. It's not normal to run off 14, 15 straight. It's just really easy to have an off night, have an injury night. You know, just get outshot by someone. Anyone in the league can beat you on a given night. So, you know, I'm not going to put a number out there. But I do think, to your point, are they good enough and deep enough to keep winning? Yeah. I just think there's some randomness to any any streak that you see. So you're saying that playing random is indeed a good thing? I've, you know, since, since that playoff run, I'm just like, I'm eating up the bud propaganda. If he's given a halftime interview, I'm cranking the volume like it's a like it's a banger, like it's a song. I'm like, hold on, shh, shh, shh. this is one of my favorites. And then he goes, "We just got to play five on five out there, endless endless depth Re- of insight. rebound, score, defense, yep. assists, blocks, yep. steals, dribbling, Thanks, shooting, <laughs> passing, defending. Those are our areas of emphasis for the second half. Less fouls, more points. Yeah." <laughs> 
He's just he just has a box score in his head. He's just reading the category. <laughs> I think this is my favorite. We got a guard. Like, yeah, that probably yeah. will help. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, thank you. Yep. Uh but yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a it's a weird part of the schedule. And there's like I feel like we need to recognize like this is the longest win streak in the NBA this season. Um it's just it's something that should be celebrated. But you're right. It's It'll it, it'll be difficult to keep this win streak going for a long time, and like you said, it might not shock me if they lose the second game of a back to back against the Orlando Magic. But just looking, they have twenty two games left. This is game sixty they just played against the Suns. They only have six games against what I would consider good teams, quote unquote, good teams. They what are you have saying Sixers, Sixers, Kings, Suns, yeah. Nuggets, Celtics, Sixers. And that's Grizzlies, it. Grizzlies, Grizzlies, seven, seven. If if Stephen Adams is back without Stephen oh, yeah. Adams, otherwise they otherwise they're trash. Yeah, I mean, you look at the other games here. It's like the Nets; they're plucky. They're not good. I mean, let's just be frank. It's they're not good. I'm not gonna. A lot of people piling on Ben Simmons now. It's not even fun anymore. It's just sad. Yeah, there's, he's out of the rotation. No now? Yeah, it's just yeah. They got they got they got beat on a Trey Young buzzer beater today. Oh, they lost again. Yep. Mm. Um, but Magic, like a, a pl- again, a plucky team, not what you'd consider a world-beating team. The Wizards have always been the Wizards and always will be. Then Magic and Nets again, kind of a weird part of the schedule. They get Magic and Nets back-to-back games twice. Um, then the West Coast trip. So I think, you know, if even being like this is optimistic, but I think the the West Coast trip would be hard to get through. And that's they they'd be up to twenty if they get there. So I think any Bucks fan would take that. I mean, you get. 20 straight wins at any point, you're not going to be mad. But in Warriors, where the only quarter of the season, the only time the Warriors play well at home, yeah, it's ridiculous. And then back to back at Kings, at Suns, that's a, that's a difficult three games. So I think the most optimistic outlook would probably be one of those three, especially considering we know these back to backs coming up, probably going to see a couple of these games. I, I wouldn't say punted. But Chris isn't going to play all of them. Ingle, Ingles and Chris will probably swap being off. We'll see if Giannis plays all of them. You know, any other injuries that get picked up, who knows? But I think that that three game stretch would be pretty. I'd be, I'd be shocked if they got to. That'd be twenty three games. I mean, that in itself is shocking. But if they got through that trip, that's like wow. Okay, that is serious. Yeah, that means you're getting contributions from all across the board because there's going to be games where like Drew is out, Chris is out, yeah. Giannis is out. Probably not Brooke. Brooks is an Iron Man, but uh, definitely not Javon. No, Javon's going to play every. He's out there game. chucking shots every night. Yeah, but hey, he makes up for it. There was a moment uh, during our playback. Yep. By the way, if you guys aren't checking in our checking tuning into our playoff playbacks while i should say, <laughs> uh, make sure you check out that link at gspn.info. They're great times, great fun. Uh, you might get some uh, some some cheating going on in terms of like calling plays and stuff, but uh, that that'll happen. Scandal uh, of the century. I I owned up to it. Yeah, um, Jordan Jordan caught Rohan getting a advanced feed of the game and using it to actually make correct correct calls, which usually Rohan's like, oh, swish the loudest brick you've ever seen. That's how it usually goes. Jordan is a detective and figured the espresso martinis he was having. He was. Amped and locked in. He was. He was. He caught me. He caught me red-handed. Um, 
But yeah, there was a moment where we were like, Javon, why are you shooting that shot? And then he immediately steals the inbounds and gets the yeah. layup. And we're like, okay, Javon, do whatever he you want. He earned it. I'll yeah. say this. I'll say this. His heat checks can be frustrating, and he should scale it back a little bit. It's less frustrating than when he wasn't shooting earlier. And I do exactly. think and I do think the message that he got and the reason we're seeing him play like this. And again, I think he's got to scale it back a little bit. He's you know, like taking transition threes like right over defenders, which I think that's a good shot for him if it's open. If there's someone right on him, he shouldn't take that shot. But I think the message he got and clearly received is you can't not shoot. That's the that's what really ruins things. You can these little heaters, he makes enough. He's still one of the best two three-point shooters. Well, Jay Crowder's on 80%, but realistically, one of the best two three-pointers shooters on the team with Grayson Allen. But this is better than the alternative. Again, there's still a healthier middle ground. But I just will say that about Javon shooting lately. I yeah, Exactly my point. I would rather have him shoot a high volume, whether it's like going to be stressing me out in terms of the shot attempts, than be too scared to shoot. Yeah. Because that's what we had problems with in the past with Grayson Allen. And frankly, that's what Javon has had problems with in the past. Yeah. Is he's been too scared to shoot. So it's like, yeah, I'll take this. Yeah. I'll take this for sure. But getting back to the point of, yeah, you're going to need contributions from all across the team because guys are going to be in and out of the lineup. The stars are going to be in and out of the lineup. So if you can continue this winning streak, I think that really, really bodes well for the Bucs come playoff time because it means their role players are ready to roll. Yeah. So I think we can dive into some role players here and just go through, I mean, really a lot of players. But first, should we share the Giannis injury update? Since that's obviously going to be a big deal for the Bucs long-term and short-term in terms of extending this winning streak. For sure. So we saw that Giannis left that heat game, what was it, like six minutes in or something? Yeah. Um, after he bumped knees? Yeah, no one is really – No, I don't think – I think people think they know when it is, but it, like Bud has said, I'm not sure when it was. And it, it's not like something happened and then he went right out. He was kind of posting up and sort of grimaced and got himself out of the game. Yeah. So we have we have a quote from Mike Budenholzer, and this is uh, via Jim Ozarski's article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Sentinel, make sure you check out all of Jim Ozarski's writing. Great, uh, great guy on the beat. Um, so this is about Yanis uh, uh, Tedekupo being doubtful to play and getting subsequently ruled out with a right quad contusion, which is what they're calling it. Uh, it's I'm sure the medical has looked at what happened, but we haven't really talked about it. Budenholzer said. I mean, it's enough where he can't play today, but I think we're also confident that this is just a fairly common occurrence in our league. You hit knees, you knock, sometimes it takes a day or two. It's really nothing more than that. So the level of conversations have all been kind of along that line, and I haven't heard or gone back and reviewed exactly when it happened. So that sounds like from what Bud is saying, he's saying it's it's a, it's a common occurrence, shouldn't really be looked at as anything serious or long-term. Yeah, And he just needs a couple of days to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine he plays one of these back-to-back games. That's what that's my feeling. And I think we knew he has knee soreness going into the break. He had obviously the wrist injury as well. So I think both in terms of this specific knee knock and just an accumulation of things, as much as Giannis – I mean, clearly Giannis wants to play every game. He tried to play the first game back after the break despite having that wrist injury – that clearly was still bothering him a little bit, although he didn't look that bothered. But, you know, we we knew, right? Like, it didn't just go away. He wants to play. I think we probably see him only one of Bucks Nets and, and Bucks Magic this week because, you know, just get him some time to rest and get that body healed up. Because we know 
as fun as this win streak is, A, they've been able to carry it without him for basically three games now. And B, the real win streak we want is April, May, June, not late February. So I've heard I've heard 16 wins a ring tie. That's indeed true. Um, that is a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, it is. The the five people who get that, I mean, oh, that's I, I the rea- reaction to that will be fun. But um, but yeah, I, I think that's a good news though. It's it, I I just think I know people don't trust the Bucks, and I get it, right? But I I think overall post Brook, most injury stuff, I think they've told us what they can tell us. Yeah, I it's know been, people are pissed off like- about Chris. And pissed off about Giannis's wrist and Bobby. None of it seemed all that unusual to me, though. Versus the Brook thing, which was just like, what the hell is going on? The Brook thing was an abject disaster. Yeah, and I think they've learned from it. But now these have been like sort of, sort of like ticky tack injuries where you can't really give an exact timeline. Yeah, like with with Giannis sort of getting like knock knees and stuff. You can't really say when is the pain going to subside. Same with the wrist injury. Yeah, like we we saw the reporting about him going to a specialist and it was just about pain and swelling management, like you guys talked about on the last episode. Um, it was just it's it's all about day to day pain management. It might not seem it, it, it's not fun to hear, but it's the truth. Yeah. And, and Chris with the ramp-ups, it was just like – we still don't know exactly what happened there, but I think some of that too is maybe shielding Chris and not trying to put too much out there that could put him in a bad light because um, it was just such a difficult ramp-up for him. And then Bobby, it seemed like the timeline was like a week before All-Star, and it seems pretty obvious that they were just like, you know, could you just play probably – but yeah, let's just, let's just do it after. So we know that they're cautious too, and I think – Again, Jim Ozarski, friend of the show, Jim Ozarski, mind you. He did an impromptu Reddit AMA I was reading through. And he, I don't know if reported is the right word, or commented, it was literally a comment, kind of backed up what we've been saying for a while, that the Bucks are on the cautious side of NBA teams in terms of their medical and the, the times that players sit out. And I, he even said, I believe, you can look up the exact, it's on the Bucks Reddit, um, but you can look up his exact quote, but basically said like you know they'll they'll be a little a little less clear to give their guys a little more cover and like not make it seem like they should be back when they shouldn't like they do that with timelines and everything basically to kind of step between themselves and the player so instead of getting a lot of like where is that guy like he should be back by now like what's taking so long they want to be more cautious and they'd rather take the heat which i guess is admirable if albeit frustrating yeah, for sure. It's all it's all about the health and safety of the yeah. players at the end of the day, which is good. The Bucks medical staff is unparalleled. Yeah. In terms of like their actual production and what they do to get players right. There've been numerous numerous awards and articles uh, about uh, Suki Hobson and the job her entire staff does. So, it's it's not it's never a question of the Bucks medical staff because they are the best in the business. Exactly. Okay, so we covered Giannis. He's going to wreck worlds again when he's back and can stay on the floor. Who do you want to talk about? Should we bounce around? Uh, we probably won't do the whole round. Maybe we will. You never know. But who do you want to talk about in terms of contributing to this winning streak? Let's talk about the new guy. Yeah, Jay Myers Crowder. Leonard. Oh, we can do Myers quick. Let's do, let's do Myers Leonard quick. First of all, I thought you guys did an amazing job talking about Myers Leonard in the context of him being signed. Applaud you guys for that. Thank you. Uh, and I would I would tend to say that I agree with your guys' viewpoints and standpoints and think that uh, while there is a lot of stuff that Myers needs to make up for it, what he's doing so far in the community is a great step moving forward. 
I, I just quickly, I know I did a little pre bit before. I haven't actually spoken at length. I don't think I'll speak at length now. I just thought that the intro with he and Bud both talking, it was the right first step. And, you know, if there's not much more than that, I'm not going to be upset because clearly it's not like, I don't know. I don't, I, what, what, do you think he stays around after the 10 day? We'll get into it, but I think so. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I can see the vision, but I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I, I just – it seems like it's it's more well thought out than, you know, this guy, no one will care. He did something bad. Like, Myers spoke a ton about it. Bud spoke about it. Made it clear that the team spoke to him about it. And that's really what I was looking for all along. So, you know, they've given him a second chance. He's trying to make the most of it. And it seems like, at least off court, things are going the right way for that. On they're, court, they're, not, they're not ignoring it. They're making yeah. it an actual – clear and present issue that they're talking about and addressing and moving forward, which I think is the best steps that they could take. 100%. And this is a good step to take. Apparently, we're missing Jordan Tresky toasted on playback. Yes. Right oh, my goodness. If you're Make missing sure playbacks, get in the Discord yeah. so you never miss a playback because I don't know what's going on in the cruising for a bruising. Playback. I'm jealous that I'm missing that. I know. Right the now. messages in our group chat right now are something else. I need some clips from this later. Um, but Myers Leonard, Rohan, go, go right ahead. Myers Leonard, in terms of an actual player, well, he 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 does do things out there. Uh, in terms of he he lumbers around, um, yep. But he can also space the floor, yep. Which I think is a valuable skill. Fifty percent from three so far. One of two. Yep. It's it seems like like he's gotten limited opportunities. Obviously, he's played 20, uh, 20 minutes or so. Yeah, and he's it's a new scheme, it's a new team. He just got here. But I think that is a valuable skill. A shooting big man is a valuable skill to have. You don't just find those guys lying around everywhere. The problem is the the other end of the court, uh, where he plays, he was playing the deepest, one of the deepest drops I have ever seen against the Suns, and just in general, him being a drop back big. And given it was a different assignment, he was playing against Jock Lawndale. Uh, it was, uh, you're not really worried about him shooting the ball that well, which I mean, he did get one he later. Yeah. He hit a three. He, he hit did. a three in the game. But just the way he moves on defense is very, very concerning. But then I thought about it in the context of Serge Ibaka and I yeah. felt better because he's essentially in the Serge Ibaka role. Yeah. And he was looking like Serge Ibaka out there, <laughs> but he could actually shoot. Yeah. I... Which made, which made me think like, hey, they kept Serge Ibaka. I think they're going to keep Myers line. That's a fair point. And, I, you know, honestly, given that, you know, assuming there's not some ridiculous heel turn off court, which I don't think there will be. I think I – Hopefully. I, yeah, hopefully. Um, but I, I don't think so. I'm guessing he probably stopped streaming. Oh, you have to. I mean, that's from a that – I'm not saying that makes things right. I'm just saying from like a, you know – there's no way just, anyone's gonna let him stream. Yeah, just a logical point of view. You would assume they took his away his agent OBS. gets that twitch. His agent gets that twitch notification. Yeah, and he's got to be. He's got to be hitting a shutdown somewhere. But um, <laughs> I, I, all that aside, I, on court, I, I see the vision. I mean, he clearly is. He's bought into play drop. I think what he's got going for him, legit size. He's listed at seven one. Like he is at, at he's, worst. He's big. He's he looks seven bigger foot. than seven one. He's got short arms. Jordan yeah, pointed this out. It, it, short arms, but in the context of being 7'1". Yes, yes. Still long arms for a normal person. But I, I think, you know, he's obviously never going to be Brooke Lopez, nor is almost any other big man in the league. But he's not going to be all that close. 
But if he can give you more on offense than Serge and not be that much worse defensively, and that's that's pretty much the role we're looking for. And later, we talked probably too much, but it's worth covering. I'm Myers not on the last pod. The thing about his situation, and, and he's a little nuclear and he had just a ton of injuries and has just been out of the league. You know, this is a guy who's going to react to being in the Serge Ibaka role. Basically the opposite of Serge Ibaka, right? Like this guy is emotional, like really moved and fired up to be the 14th man, 13th, sorry, TA, on the Milwaukee Bucks. And like that in itself makes him a better fit along with the on-court stuff. Like he's pumped about this. He also, I thought it was really interesting in his opening remarks. He like talked about trying to learn from Brooke. And I think he's going to focus on being that drop big. And I, I don't know. This is, you know, it's hard to say exactly, but with all the big options and whatever you could get, like, I don't know how many of them are have legit shooting ability, legit size, and are like this bought in and excited to try and be a perfect fit. I'm not saying the other guys don't want that or like Myers Leonard is special in that, but it's clear that he wants to be exactly what the Bucks need from him. And that's valuable for a not every night player, I think. For sure, for sure. And I think like what you said about him being like happy in his role is exactly what the Bucks need. And also like is Serge gonna get another job? Um I think YouTube has like a YouTube studio program, so maybe there. Like that's that's kind of I feel bad. Because he don't. like requested he requested a trade and like gets waived as his pick of the cry. It's just like nothing. Maybe maybe should have just showed up and played his role and gotten a ring. You know, uh-huh. yeah. and there, there's there's guys who are willing to willing to be a part of that role, and I think that's what the Bucks really really hit with Myers Leonard, and that's yeah. why I think he's going to stick around. I think he gets, I think he at least gets another ten day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think on court is actual production. They've won his minutes, which they they drubbed Miami, so not not saying all that much. Revenge game for him, it, indeed. He. He's hit. He's at one three. Um, I don't know. He's at two three. Sorry, he's averaging one. So he must be two for four. I, I see the vision on defense early in the early in Miami game. And good forced to travel against Bam Adebayo. Um, he's probably still telling people about mid range sniper Bam Adebayo. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just like sometimes you just wonder like what exactly is he doing out there. Maybe that will improve a bit. Like maybe he'll figure it out more because I imagine he probably hasn't been like a drop center all that often. Like I don't know how used to it. I think getting reps and playing more with the team should help a little bit because I mean obviously again, like I mentioned, it's never going to be a great defender. But if he can just be like meh with the offense, assuming he's going to be like a 40-ish percent three-point shooter, that's pretty good. And we have seen – I think the most encouraging thing is not like any makes or misses – it's that he's able to like run a like a pick and pop with Chris, and he's just wide open. And if he's not wide open, it means Chris probably has an advantage, and that's just like a good spot for Chris. So again, do I think he's an every game player? He's going to be a crucial rotation piece. No, but I think overall, it's you know it's fine so far. It's perfectly fine for a ten day buyout season kind of guy. He wasn't a buyout, but yeah, it's like and and he's been open on a lot of those pick and pops, and yeah. it's it'll take time for the teammates to develop trust and chemistry with him and to be like, hey, let me get this guy the ball and let him shoot the ball. Like that that takes time to develop. Like it's not going to be an instantaneous thing. 
because it's not like I don't know. He doesn't have a. He's not a sniper in terms of his reputation. Maybe on COD, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, in terms of like his his reputation as a big man shooter, like he's a good shooter, but he still needs to like prove it because he's been out of the league for a while. Yeah. So he needs to get that those reps back and get the trust of his teammates in terms of on court play. It'll take some time, which is again feeds into why I think he's going to get another ten day. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't surprise me. We'll see. We heard that especially, teams... especially because the Bucks have another open roster spot. Yeah, because AJ if, they, Green, if they AJ Green like last day of the season. Yeah, that could be a thing, or before the playoff eligibility deadline. I don't think it'll apply to him because he's he's just going from Bucks to Bucks. No, no, no. I'm saying if they don't fill it before the playoff oh, eligibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think they so. will. I don't think they'll fill it. Well, again, they don't have to sign someone before that. That person just has to clear right. waivers. So I don't think they'll fill 15 until – I think we saw this the championship year. I think they'll do it in like April because then if the luxury tax hit is less, but you get the guy for the playoffs. So it's kind of for a sure. win-win. Yeah, I think that's that's probably when it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. That's probably enough on Myers Leonard. Yeah, let's uh, talk about the other new guy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, let's talk about. Do you say boss man? You say boss man nine nine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like my girlfriend said boss man ninety nine. No, I, I think like, it's boss man nine nine because I just feel like, and we learned. I learned from a Zach Lowe article. He also texts like this, so it's not just his Twitter. But I just feel like the way all caps he, for people who are on yeah Twitter. all caps and just like very direct. And I just when I imagine him saying it, I imagine him going. At boss man nine nine. Like I don't think he would say ninety nine. I think it's more like direct, like nine nine. Yeah. So we got a we actually got a recent tweet from boss man nine nine. Oh baby, I'm I've not seen this. Please read this to me. And it's, you have to it's all caps. Read in all caps. You have to chop wood and carry water. Yes. Period. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Let's continue building at bucks. Yes. <laughs> so you know you know who loves to say that on the broadcast very often. That's a Marcus Johnsonism. 
Yeah. I've heard Marcus say that multiple times this year. I think he's already said it regarding Jay Crowder. That's that's what we've seen. I mean, honestly, I think the world uh, the um the way that Crowder has fit in has been better and quicker than I imagined. He's already playing a lot. So these are the stats. Two games, just over 20 minutes a game. After not playing all year. I mean, like, clearly he did do a good job keeping himself in shape. And I think the workouts he did with Bobby and Joe Ingles probably helped with the acclimation process too. But, like, immediately is, like, a real rotational role, which I do think bodes well to, if not starting, eventually being, like, a top seven, eight, maybe seven, you know, rotation spot on the team. Eight points already in in those 20 minutes, which is more than Javon, more than Joe Ingles, a little bit less than Pat Connaughton. Shooting 62.5% from the field, 80% from three, 50% from free throw, doing too much maybe to acclimate himself with Giannis. Um, Averaging three rebounds, one assist, one steal per game. Team high plus 7.5 per game as well through the two games. Again, they blew out Miami. He did have a positive plus minus against the Suns as well. Defensively, I mean, he's hit all his shots. He looks good on offense. He gets to the free throw line. Defensively, he's quick. He has really active hands. Like, you can just tell teams are going to have – and we saw it, especially against the Suns at times. It's going to be a nightmare trying to score on Drew Holiday, Jay Crowder, Giannis and Brooke back line, Javon out there at times, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, who's become physical, Chris Middleton. Like the defense has just become, they've reached this like Voltron of putting you in hell defense. Like we talked about Drew Holiday hell prison. Yeah, I was going to say shout out Laz. This This is hell penitentiary. This is hell island. I don't even, this is like a whole, a whole colony. Yeah. Like it's it's just hell. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just hell. Actually, we can take away the other word. It's not an adjective anymore. It's a noun. It's a place. It's the Bucks. <laughs> it's the Bucks defense, and this is why it was so high, and this is why we were both so high on getting a guy like Jay Crowder because he slots in so well to this team. He fits the identity. He fits what this team wants to do on defense, which is just bully guys because that's what the Bucks want to do. They just bully people, and. Jay Crowder fits right into that. And what you give him on the offensive end is great, too. You pointed this out astutely on the playback. Mm. He can throw entry passes really well, really which is something well. where it's like, oh, this is nice to have for the Bucks, where they have guys who get deep seals a lot. Giannis gets deep seals a lot. Brooke gets deep seals a lot. You just need guys who can throw those entry passes, and Jay Crowder is one of those guys. Like, you pointed this out on an example where Brooke ran the court, got a deep seal, and Jay Crowder was going to – he was able to get him the ball, and I think Brooke drew a foul, yeah. I believe. Yep. So it, it's just good offense. You need guys who have those skills. And he can hit threes. He came up with two clutch threes in a row. I think yeah. Someone tweeted this a while ago. I don't remember who it was, but it said, like, when Jay Crowder, you're playing against Jay Crowder, his threes feel like you're getting stabbed. Yeah. Like, it's we've just, been there. I mean, we've experienced yeah, we've that. There. It's just whenever whenever you're playing against a, a team that has Jay Crowder and he's hitting threes, you're just like, oh, my God, what are we supposed to do? Because if he's the outlet, if he's like the he's the kickout option, that's a damn good kickout option. And he can do more. He's going to get to the rim. Exactly. He's going to draw contact. So he's attempting two free throws per game, which is not a ton, but two free throws per game so far. Guess how many bucks average more than that all season? 
Three? Four. The core four. That's it. So he's fifth right now in getting to the line. Again, in his two games, just joining the team. At just two per game. Like, it's really, you know, Grayson 1.9, Bobby 1.6. Like, their role players don't get to the line that often. It's going to be kind of nice to have someone else drawing fouls, getting you in the bonus, getting to the line. And just really, like, we've seen him kind of do some bailout possessions already where he'll initiate the contact and get the whistle. He's been around. He knows how to do that. He's strong. He's really he is they, a they're strong, strong physical do- guy. They're a ridiculously strong team now. Like going up with him and Drew and then Giannis and Brooke again on that back line, plus the other defenders, Wes when he's healthy. Like the strength of this team, like you're not moving these guys. Even on a switch, like no, yeah. you're not backing him down easily. No. And the help too. I mean, we saw there's some possessions under the basket where they were just swarming. Like when the Bucks are going in their full playoff rotation, when you know we see some of these guys, we have question marks a little bit less. They are just going to be everywhere. Like it is going to be so uncomfortable to play against this team. And I think they've done a tremendous job, like reinforcing that there's just not going to be a weak link. And if you find one, they just don't have to play him anymore. They have so many options, which is the you know beyond the player himself, which we'll we'll talk about some more here. I think, but just the the real win, as we said last time on the pod is now it's just yet another option and yet another insurance policy for an injury or just a player not having it a given game, a different a given series. But, I mean, I'd say the most surprising things, and I think that the entry passes, and that's going to be great for Brooke in particular because I think they get Giannis the ball, right? Like if you miss Giannis once or twice, he's still going to have 20 possessions in the game. There's times when we you'll see Brooke have a 6'4 guy on him and either nobody sees him or nobody can get him the ball. And, like, we saw Chris throw some pretty ugly entry passes. Like, there's been some times where Brooke, I'd say often, when Brooke just doesn't get the ball in those matchups, Jay Crowder's like, oh, yeah, that's easy money. Let me just float this pass right over the help defender, right to where only you can get it, and don't even put it down. Like, he floated it up so Brooke just could grab the ball up there and then go for the shot and draw the foul, as you say. But I'd say just his quickness has been the most surprising. Like, his quick hands, his quick feet. I think we thought of him as like the big body guy because we saw him defend Giannis and that's what it takes. But he was defending Devin Booker and he did not really look outmatched defending Devin Booker. That's why he's a very, very versatile defender. And for all the the hullabaloo over him being the guy who requests a trade and whatever, which is still, it's still funny. It's still really funny, by the way, that Jay Crowder requested a trade. Uh, He's on the team now, but... It still it still remains hilarious. Imagine but the reason that yeah. worked out so well for him. Oh my god, it really he did. got to watch sports work out for most of the year. They didn't dock his pay. They let him do it. They said, "Sure." Now he's on the Bucks, a better team. Yeah, and they love him. He's great. He's back home. He loves Milwaukee. Yeah, I have a good quote from him, but you, you keep going first. Oh yeah, but that like what made him super valuable is his ability to be. Like a flexible defender. You can get him in multiple instances. Like he's quick enough to hang with some guards. He's strong enough to hang with the bigs. And he's smart enough to where he's calling out help defenses. He's rotating well. His rotations are so crisp already. And you see him in you like you'll see him calling out rotations to other guys yeah. on the team already. And he just got here. Yeah. Like he's so quick to learn the defense. I guess he's had the whole season to study up. Yeah. Because it's a uh, I mean, like you mentioned the chop wood and carry water thing. He's probably been watching a lot of Bucks games. That's where he heard it. He's listening to Marcus. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be a Buck. 
So let me let me study up. So that's that's probably where he got it from. So he's he he fits all the categories in terms of his quickness, his strength, and his IQ. Well, I think you know it certainly could be that he just fits that well. But we've also seen some of these veteran established plus players in the league come in and kind of the Bucks are open about them changing what they do a little bit. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of it too. I mean, Jay Crowder has been a guy who's been on elite, elite defenses. Again, he's, I think the stat is like more finals minutes than anyone since, you know, the first time he went with Miami or whatever, obviously played a ton for Miami and Phoenix in those two finals. Um, I'm sure one of the Golden State guys has most in the last decade or whatever, or LeBron, but you know, Crowder in recent memory has gone there as much as anyone has that experience. But I mean, I, what stood out to me is against that Heat game, he was like – he called out and orchestrated a scram switch. So basically what that means, if you're not aware, is he gets switched on the – I think in a lesser offensive player. And he basically is like, Grayson, get over here. Like and switches with him and just like made it happen. And we've seen the Bucks do this. I think most notably Bobby Portis, like around last playoffs, they were starting to do that more and like, okay, let's get Bobby off this small when we have a second. It's not something I would say they do a ton. And I think it's something they should look to more. Again, try and keep your Jay Crowders and your Drew Holidays on the elite offensive players. And that's just the thing. Like Crowder immediately came in and was doing that. So I don't know how much of that is like Bud instructing. But like when we talked to Javon Carter, when he joined the team, you know, they didn't press. That's not something the Bucks did. But that's Javon's skill set. So he came in and they were open to like, okay, yeah, why, go do that. Why not? So it wouldn't surprise me if there's some push-pull here with some things that Crowder likes happening too, like, you know, the switching that we saw in the championship year when they started to finally do that some more. Yeah, and look look at how well the press has worked for the Bucks now. They're, yeah. they're very, very open to being adaptive and receptive like you just mentioned, which is a great great thing to point out. Um, real quick, Crowder's quote, and then we can probably move on. Just Please really, do. Really I was just looking stoked at this. About him. Yeah. yeah, so – and we've talked about like the family vibe of the team and everything. And I, I think this matters, and especially for a team that looks to acquire veteran players because we know what their goal is and we know vets help more than young guys. I think this is a really cool thing that they have. But this is uh, from Gabe Stoltz at Stoltz 3 He said, I asked Jay Crowder what has impressed him the most about his new teammates so far. Here's his response. Quote, their professionalism. Everyone's on the same page. We don't have any bad apples in the group. It's a great locker room, a great working environment. I just think we're all focused on the same goal. We're trying to be the best team we can be, and we take it day in and day out. We take film session very serious because we communicate with one another very clear and direct. I think that goes a long way. Just a very professional locker room I'm greatly glad to be a part of. People are inferring shots at the Suns. I honestly don't even see it. I just see a guy who's excited to be part of the Bucks. And this is, again, we've seen these quotes time after time yeah. from players who have come to the Bucks. So I don't think this is a shot at the Suns. No it wouldn't surprise me if he took a shot at the Suns. I mean, people in the comments are saying, like, you know, he was maybe the bad apple in Phoenix. I mean, he was the one holding out, not playing, whatever. You know, hey, they mutually agreed, apparently. Yeah. They put out a press release. Um, they didn't have to mutually agree, a la Philadelphia and Ben Simmons. Yeah, exactly. Um, they didn't want him back that badly. They didn't try and force the issue anywhere. Um, but I, I do think it's like it's very clear. Like there's no – there's nothing. There's no drama. There's no me first there. I mean everyone, everyone who's been in that locker room says the same thing. And you can tell it's not like 
I don't think this is like, you know, the, the Bucks are so good at media training. They don't let anything get out. No, I just think like these guys all show up and they're like, hey, let's win a title. How does that sound? And everyone's like, yeah, it sounds good. Except Serge Ibaka, who is now an Instagram first guy. Yeah. Imagine, like, he can't even sign back with the Bucks. Good. <laughs> do you think, do you, I, I know I mentioned this already. Do you think he signs with the team? No. No? No. Not even with, like, the Warriors or something? Why? I don't know. Some team who desperately needs a big? If they don't have access to his tape. I mean, I, I just, here's the issue, right? Any, any team you can mention. Especially a good one, but really any team you can mention. Find me a roster where Surge plays every night, which is apparently anything less than that. He's not happy. We learned that. He played something with the Bucks. not like he didn't play at all. Like, you won't find it. He's not good enough. Teams have better players. I'm not even trying to be mean. That's factual. There is no 20-minute-a-night role in the league for Surge anymore. Not in the NBA league. No. There's other leagues out there. Kenneth Fareed is playing for the Capitans right now. You know, I think the Herd could use him. I think that's legal. He could sign with the G League with the Herd. Yeah, probably he play, could. Probably play 30 a night. They need some size. Yeah, you always need size in the G League. Yeah. That'd be that'd be that'd be a real reality check. <laughs> Listen, I I would bet there is an overseas venue in store for Serge Ibaka players. But that's enough about Serge Ibaka. It's just about, funny to me. What to talk about Drew Holiday? Let's talk about him. The king of the fourth. He's become more clutch. No, or are we? Am I a prisoner of the moment? Because you know, obviously, like you know, the net series late. We know what he did against Phoenix, but it seems like offensively, you can set your clock to it now. Like, okay, the Bucks need someone to step up in the fourth quarter, especially if Giannis is either limited or out. It's like okay, Drew every single time. Like he's gonna show up. He's going to give them a chance to win, if not win the game himself. And it's on both ends. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the league who's had as many. Like, he, like, is a baseball closer. Like, he doesn't even give the team a shot to win. They don't get on base. No, he's, he's, you're, you're not a prisoner of the moment because he's been doing this, like you mentioned, for a while now. But especially this season, he started to ramp that up. Yeah. Which is why, which is why we've been talking about all season long. Like Drew Holiday is going to reap the benefits. Yeah. He's going to take advantage of the opportunities by Chris Middleton being out for so long, Giannis missing games, Drew Holiday being forced and thrust into this role consistently of being a massive focal point on offense and taking these big shots is going to translate because even when players are healthy, he's going to still have that ability, and we're seeing it happen right now. Like, given in this Phoenix, these last couple games, like, Giannis wasn't really playing. But you see Drew Holiday, even with Chris out there, Chris used to be that guy, Todd. He was that guy. Last season, seasons before that, it was Chris's role. Drew has stepped in and taken that role seamlessly. And now that Chris is still working his way back, still coming off the bench, still playing limited minutes, Drew Holiday's like, yeah, I'll take that role and I'll thrive. I'll hit clutch jumper after clutch jumper. I'll make the defensive play that's, plays that are needed because I've had the practice. I've had the experience. I've had the opportunity. And now I'm here to showcase it. And I think a couple of things go into this. And I think that's a great way to put it is that he really did step in and be like, I can be Chris this year. Okay. Which I mean, get healthy, Chris. I mean, it's I've had a guy kind of step in and show he can do it. Contract year. I think he'll be around next year, but I, you know, no deal yet. There is a player option you could take. But 
19.8 points per game now for Drew. Bucks high. Shooting 6.4 threes per game, which is a Bucks high. Surprisingly, although it feels like this is the best we've seen him shoot, percentage-wise, it's the lowest in a Bucks uniform. I still buy this jumper more for some reason. 7.1 assists, Bucks high. 5.2 rebounds, Bucks high. And I'm saying not high on the, the Bucks this year, but out His of career as a Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. So it's the most – all of the bulk stats are the highest they've ever been. Despite playing – he's played between 32.3 and 33 flat minutes. So it's not like it's just because he's playing more minutes. He's just being more productive. And the Bucks need all of it. He's also 85.9% from free throw, also as highest as a buck. I feel like he's gotten more consistent scoring around the paint and both at the rim and like his short mid-range game as well. And I think that's what's made it possible for him to be such a consistent scorer. It's not all about threes, even though he is shooting more. It feels like he's gotten more comfortable taking these players who almost all the time the guy guarding him is weaker than Drew because Drew is that damn strong. He's gotten really comfortable taking those guys to the paint, creating that separation with his strength, and then knocking down the shot. And I feel like, you know, he still misses some here and there. But I do think on the whole, like versus his first couple of years, and I'll try to pull up the numbers now to see if I'm just, you know, rose-colored glasses or if this is real. But I do feel like he's gotten better at converting those closer shots. And I think that's why he's able to be nearly a 20-point-per-game scorer here with Milwaukee and an all-star for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. And, again, we're not mentioning his all-world defensive efforts are still a thing. He's still one of the best screen navigators. He's probably the best perimeter defender in the league still. And it's just, we. one thing I was worried about personally is like him getting overtaxed, which is what's happened in the playoffs in years past, where it's just like, okay, you asked Drew to do so much in the defensive end, and then you can't expect him to do a lot on the offensive end. This is why you see the the field goal percentages, the three-point percentages just plummet. Like his skill set, like his offensive skill set is still showing in terms of his assists, his playmaking. But you would just see his shooting like tank. Now he's just he's in such a rhythm now where he's used to being, hey, I'm still an all world defender, but I can still shoot well and do things offensively from the field, which is why you're sort of seeing him play that role and be that guy, be that two way superstar, that two way monster that he's become this season. I just hope and pray that this translates and this is not just fool's gold time. Because I, I am not prepared to be heartbroken. As Bud said after the game today, when asked about his defensive play, guy's a winner. Uh, he did go from shooting, I think, 61% in the restricted area to 66% this year. So it is a bit higher for him. Um, that's just below Bobby Portis and a bit above Pat Connaughton, who's had a down year finishing. I feel like Pat just hasn't, hasn't gotten all cylinders running due to some injuries this year. Still not worried at all. That's my Pat no, Connaughton. No, trust. Analysis. We trust Pat. Look yeah. behind you, Ty. Yep. We have an ambiguous number 24 yep. up Just there. Just some random – who knows what that has to do with. It might not even be the numbers 24. Who knows? Yeah, it could just be some squiggles. Brooke Lopez. Oh, my God. He is – We. I, I think this is the best he's ever played. I know people will say, you know, Nets all-time leading scorer – it's true. The one bright spot in that franchise is sad history is Brooke Lopez. Richard Jefferson, I guess. Put our, put our TikTok, uh, put our clip on TikTok, Richard, and I'll include you for sure. That's, that's the deal. Um, but, you know, his scoring in the past, whatever, he's been an all star, whatever. 
this player right now, this Brooke Lopez, this guy is doing more for winning. And if that's not a better player, I don't really know what the point of ranking players is. They always do this. Oh, yeah, Drew's going to help your team win more. But, you know, Trey Young has 30 points a game. Cool. If he's not helping you win games, is he better? What's the point? What are we What are we ranking? What are we What are we like? What is the comparison worth? Oh yeah, I mean he's gonna he's got thirty and ten, and they go five hundred every year, and he gets four coaches fired in five years. But he's we gotta say he's better because thirty and ten, right? I don't think so. But anyway, that aside, Brooke Lopez though is just like she's been a god, honestly. Fifty percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. 14.7 points per game, which is by far a bucks high for him. 6.6 rebounds, 2.4 blocks. I think I, guess, I don't know if that's still leading the league or not. It's close, but I just he's been night to night. Maybe no player has contributed more night to night because he's missed less time than any of the big three. The consistent effort has been unparalleled in terms of like what he brings night to night, like you mentioned for this Milwaukee Bucks team. Because he doesn't miss time, like you mentioned. And he is consistently bringing a defensive effort. There's only been like a few games this season, like a handful out of the 60 that have been played thus far, where you just see Brooke like out of sorts in terms of like, oh, he can't really, he can't really be on the floor that much this in this matchup. And that's not really been a thing. It used to, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that used to be more of a thing where it's like, oh man, this isn't a Brooke game. This isn't a Brooke game. Every game's a Brooke game. Every game is a damn good Brook game now. Yeah. It, you basically, if it's, if it's, as long as the team doesn't have, not just like a, it's not just a, a big man who can shoot. It's got to be like a legit shooter or a really mobile big man. Like really, I think we've seen Clippers and Celtics. And those are the, and the last time we saw Celtics, it was a bizarre Celtics game anyway. And I think if Horford and if Time Lord played more, that would actually help Brook play. I mean, they were just like, Super small, flying around with Blake and Mike Muscala, whatever else. Um, but yeah, I think he's really made himself. He's not matchup proof, but he's close. And given what he gives you in the good matchups, you'll take that. Like you look at potentially seeing Philly or Cleveland in the second round, right? That's those are going to be the teams. The Bucks will almost certainly see one of those two. Both of those series. I mean, I mean, Cleveland is. Are they falling off? Well, who else would it be? Is anyone I mean, gaining the Knicks? I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess it's the Knicks are the Heat? Just three. Knicks are three games back. Yeah. Regardless, that that team too, or certainly the Heat, any of those four, Brook is going to feast in those series. Like Brook is going to make those other teams. It's just going to be so hard to score at the rim, and we know. I I don't think a team can beat the Bucks in a seven game series if they can't get Brook out of the paint. I really do think that's step one for beating the Bucks, and you're not for sure going to do it if you if you can. We saw this in the finals in 21, but I think if you don't dislodge Brook, you will never score enough efficiently. Doesn't matter how good you are defensively. We've seen Giannis, Chris, Drew; they'll score enough. It may be ugly. They'll do it if Brook is comfortable dropping. And we we talked about all the other defensive personnel. I legitimately believe you're not beating the Bucs in a series. I just don't think it will happen. I think they're just – that defense is going to be too good. You'll never score enough. So even if that – like you, the flip side, like the Clippers, the, the Celtics, oh, man, it's it's so hard for Brooke to play. 
Sure. If the other side of the coin, though, is they're like unbeatable, that's a trade you make 10 times out of 10 with your fourth best player. Like this isn't the Jazz or the Wolves trying to build around Rudy Gobert where they needed him to be like one of their best two guys. This is their fourth best player. And, you know, as much as we love Brooke, clearly fourth, right? Not third or second. And that's an insane luxury to have. And the big fella somehow turns 35 in a month, just gets better every single year with the Bucks, And it doesn't make any sense, but props to him, man. Yeah, it's it's just crazy to see. And like you mentioned, uh, in terms of like teams aren't going to beat the Bucks if they don't get him out of the paint, it's because the Bucks are a defense-first team, and that starts with Brook Lopez. Yeah. Like, Brook Lopez is the anchor of this team's identity. So unless you unless you can dislodge that identity, you're not going to get anywhere. Do you do you because agree with that take? I do. I really yeah. do. I truly do. Because Giannis is the best player by far. Full yeah. stop. There's no arguing that. As if if you can if you can quote unquote stop Giannis, that's that's step number one. But that's impossible. So you have to go for something a little more realistic. And if you're going to dislodge anyone, it's Brook Lopez rather than Giannis. Uh, if you're an opposing if you're an opposing team. But yeah, the the Bucks are built. They're built around Giannis, but they're also built around Brooke Lopez. Realistically, yeah. that's that's what this team's identity is. That's who they are. That's who they lean into. Everything they do funnels down to what Brooke Lopez can do. Uh, again, aside from Giannis, that's obvious. Yeah, but, but but no, it's it's fair though. I mean, they are. They found ways to play without Brooke because they've they found out they had to. I mean, there are some matchups. And the playoffs are where you're going to find those teams. And, and teams will push as hard as they can to get Brooke out of the paint because they can't win when he is there. But it, it does a lot of what they do. And less now. In the early days, it was. Like everything went through Brooke and Giannis in 18-19. Now it's they're less focused, but that's still when they're at their best. Yeah, for sure. It's still it's where they're at their peak. That's peak bucks right there. That's where they're fully leaning into themselves and playing at full cylinder. They're not trying to adjust to anything. It's making other teams adjust to them, and that's when they have Brook Lopez manning the paint. Yeah, and, and I I've been thinking about this a lot with Wembenyama. I watch him, and I just think everyone wants to put him at the five already. And it's not just because he's not bulky enough for me. I really look at him and see like. This is going to sound sacrilege. His his absolute ceiling scenario, I see an even better Giannis-style help side defender. Like the way he moves already, and he's even bigger, but he's so quick and his arms, the way he can poke the ball out, like around, not around a screen, around a guy and then a screen. It's ridiculous. That's his absolute ceiling, I'm saying, to be clear. But I, I don't want to put him at the five, not even long term if he bulks up a little. Like I think him in the Giannis role in this Buck style defense I think that's the most devastating. You can unleash a player like that is not, you know, switching out or being the drop man themselves, but giving that drop man help. I think that's when a defense goes from good to what we've seen with the Bucks lately, which is like, oh my god, they're just like, there's nothing there. Yeah, that that is a, that is a fun idea. The thing is with Wembenyama is that uh, he doesn't really need to come from the weak side to really swat shots. He can do that <laughs> on his own, like yeah. even if he is playing center, which is like I see a little bit of uh, as a as a counter argument to that. But I do agree with you as his premise. I think he's more of a four than a five. Well, I mean, just imagine, like, just drop. Like, I'm not saying again, I want to do this, but just imagine, drop him in for Giannis. Imagine you're trying to work against Drew. You get you go to a brook and you kind of go around, and then Wembenyama is there, swallowing. <laughs> 
it's crazy. I mean, that's it's crazy with Giannis too. That's why they're so damn good. But I, I don't know. I, he who knows? Wemby is an alien, as LeBron says. He can do anything. Excited to see where he I goes. I can't wait till he forces a trade to Milwaukee. Hey, Giannis will hand him the keys. Look, start start the seed early, you know. If he goes to Houston, who knows how long he'll be there, man? The things people are saying about you don't talk about the opposite front office of the or locker room environment of the Bucks. Did you hear what Gavoni said? Yeah. Ooh. I think it's a little unfair. Is it? About KPJ. Oh, about KPJ. KPJ yeah, that's, that's a lad, that was a little unfair. The guy hasn't played in 17 games. So you can't blame him, I think, for what's going on right now. What, what were you reacting to? Oh, teams don't want to go to Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course not. Yeah. And it's also like there are some teams where you'd rather your players go to, and Houston's not one of them. Which is crazy. I'm sure they kind of are like, are you sure, agent? Are you sure? It's Houston. It's H-Town. Yeah, but it's Houston. I know. Yeah, it's the Rockets. That's the problem. Yes. H-Town. I mean, James Harden's already got his jersey retired. It's an established. He's season. going back. That's so funny. That'd be so funny. Hey, I think I it's happening. To... I think everyone knows it's happening. It's... And they have, they have money to spend, too. I don't think it's up to them. That's fair. I, you know, and it's just like, and the funny thing is, people are not wrong when they're like, that's a low drama Sixers season. Could you imagine if we knew Chris was like going to go somewhere else, basically? I know they don't know, no, but they kind of know, like it's kind of been out there. Like that would be like earth shattering. That would be like, oh my God, that's crushing. And James, obviously it's not the same shared history. He hasn't won a title, but he's, you know, probably maybe even more important to that team as Chris now that Drew is playing the way he is. And it's just like, yeah, James kind of wants to go play in Houston after. And they suck. It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, he kind of wants to go back. And the Sixers are like, that's nothing, dude. You should have – whew, this is light. Is that all, James? Are you going to sit out at all? No? This is fine. Sure. This leave is, later. Yeah, it's all good We don't now. care. We've been through worse. <laughs> and then Embiid's going to force a trade to Mo- – maybe the Brooks successor is Joel Embiid. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, if that domino falls, I don't know how it would shake out. It would be something, though. I don't know how good that fit would be, but I think they're too talented not oh, to figure God. out. I mean, if he goes to Milwaukee, it doesn't, nothing else matters for a couple of years. Yeah, who cares? And like, it's, we're good. I mean, that defense would really... Man. The fit would be ugly, watch. but... The fit would be ugly, but that's the that's the way the Bucks like to play. Yeah. In the mud. And it's been working. 14 straight wins. Do you have any other players you want to talk about or any other thoughts about the Milwaukee Bucks? Winners of 14 straight games before Grayson a back-to-back. Grayson Allen's been doing really well. Oh, yeah. I should have figured this. Let's talk about your son. I mean, I won't go too much because I feel like yeah. I talk about him every episode. But he's 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 playing well. He's playing well. He's getting he's being physical. He's getting uh he's getting to the rim a lot more, drawing some free throws. Like he's getting those attempts up. And he's also like shooting still continuing to shoot the ball really well. I just think Grayson Allen post-trade deadline has just been incredible as a great role player for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, Jordan mentioned this, and I'm interested for your thoughts uh, expounded. It's probably good for him that, obviously not that just that he didn't get traded. Now that the deadline is gone, like that had to be, it weighs on guys. And I'm sure he didn't think about it. Like, I'm sure he didn't want to go to, you know, wherever the Bucks would have sent him, Brooklyn or even... You know, if Phoenix didn't want him, he had to go to Houston. We just talked about how players look at going Detroit. to Houston, Detroit. Like, I'm sure it's a big relief, and he can really find his comfort zone now. Real quick, before I throw back to you for your thoughts on that, what did I ask of him? Do you remember? Two assists. 2.4 a game. 
I like to see it. I really do like to see it. Some ugly turnovers, but the assist turnover ratio is still strong, still better than two to one. So, you know, he's playing physical like I want to see. He's more involved in the offense like I want to see. I agree with you. Grayson's having a great year. And again, like we've seen other players, I think most notably Pat Connaughton, he's become more boxy and just become a better fit. And it just shows you like the buy-in and it's no, I don't get any sense of like he wants his role to be a certain way. I think he's just trying to help the team. He's offensive rebounding now, which this is an emphasis for them. He's, he's sacrificing his body on a lot of these plays, like yeah. game after game, like play after play. He's going, he's diving on the floor. He's, he's going up, challenging big guys for offensive tap outs. He's doing the dirty work. Yeah. He's, he's become one of those guys in the mud. There's two ways to go about what happened with him in the Celtics series. A one, wait, lane one, basically just kind of crumble. You know, maybe not, not ask for a trade, but yeah, maybe they do trade me. I don't have to be in this situation anymore. You know, whatever. Shy away from it. Get more in your head. Get more in your shell. I'm not even trying to throw shade, but this is what happened to Ben Simmons, right? Like that we saw it. Ever since he didn't dunk the ball, it's basically been that path. And I'm not indicting him. I know there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot off the court for him. But that is what happened. Way two, the second thing you can do is exactly what Grayson's done. And I think try to build yourself to a player that that can't happen to. And we'll see. I mean, do I think he's going to shut down Jason Tatum? No. Yeah. This the, Rohan does. This does, though, look like a player. The way he's playing, all the things we're talking about. That's the kind of player who does well in the playoffs. And we'll have to see it there. The mental side of that stage is different as well. But I think physically and play style-wise, that's the stuff we needed to see from him. He's delivering. And I think certainly props to him for trying to make himself a playoff player for the Bucs. I mean, if he's a good playoff player now, this rotation is simply absurd. Yeah, if it's it's just unpenetrable. Like, you, you can't really find a weak link then. Yeah. It's just, it's what you like to see. And what's what you like to see are the Bucks winning games, which is what they're doing, Ty. 14 in a row. But make, I'm going to put you on the spot. What does win streak get to? Mm. Let me look at the schedule again. I'll give you an answer. I won't shy away. They got Brooklyn, Orlando, back-to-back. Sixers, Wizards, oh. Magic. Back. Uh, it gets to 17. Funniest outcome. They beat the Sixers and then lose, lose to, to the, the Wizards. Yeah. I think uh, I think they lose the Sixers game. Wouldn't shock me, but here's the thing. Here's why I'm not. I honestly, I, I actually will say this. I think they're more likely to lose to Brooklyn or Orlando or Washington than Philly. I feel like they lost the last Sixers game ugly, ugly. That was one of my low points of the season. Was it Maxi who goes out? Harden was already out, and they defended Embiid so well, and they just played dumb and they played lazy and they blew it. I think they owe that team one. I think Giannis will be back. I think they win that Sixers game at home. And then lose to the Wizards. Yeah, of course. Kyle Kuzma's going to have like 50. Porzingis. Porzingis is going to – it's just like – it just feels like, you know, Brooks a little tired. Maybe he sits. I doubt it. And he never wants to. But if he goes up against Embiid, is that back-to-back? It is. So maybe he sits – the next game, or it's oh, just a little road slow. back to back as well. That's yeah. gross. So Zinger with a little extra space just drops in 10 threes or something. Yeah. 23 that, hours as well. Like, just makes sense. Yeah, that does kind of make sense. But we have to remember one thing, Ty. Yeah. That it's the Washington Wizards. It is. And but but that's the thing. 
We'll have to just look at what they do between now and then because what here's how to figure out what the Wizards will do. Both, you know, results out of their control and their moves that they make, they always align. What gets us to 10th? And if they're 9th, they will lose to the Bucks. If they are 11th, they will beat the Bucks. If they're already 10th, they could go either way. But the Washington Wizards be the first draw in NBA history. Yeah, they're going to say, "Listen, we're, we're where we need to be, baby. We are. We 10th. will keep. T- we will go to seventeen overtimes if we need to before Adam Silver calls this game. Let's see where are the Wiz. Oh, they're tenth. See, Oof. they're tenth. They're oh, uh oh, we're in trouble. They're only half a game above the Bulls, but they are a full game behind the Raptors. So it is more likely for them to be an eleventh and tenth next time we see the Wizards. Oh boy! So you think it gets seventeen? Uh, wouldn't surprise me. I think it does. I'll say I'll say sixteen. I'll say sixteen. I'll be the Debbie sixes. down. Wow. Yeah, I'll let you be the optimist. Yeah, it's new. Yeah, I'll let you have that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be the Sixers championship if they beat the Bucks. So it's all they have to uh, play for. It's also an ABC game. Yeah. Which the Bucks are like, ah, iffy on ABC. They pulled uh, out they did, this one. Yeah. They did. They did. They did. The Miami but, game uh, was we'll, national too, right? But it was, yes, a, it was ESPN. ABC, ESPN, yeah. All Disney, so whatever. Yeah. Good job, Mickey. Uh, Little Mickey, did you say? Yeah. This is funny. <laughs> um, Bronny James, yeah. future buck. I mean, if they get Bronny. Have you caught the hype on him? I saw he's like a good 3 and D prospect. They're saying like his, his max ceiling is Drew Holiday. The way he moves a, the ball, unselfish player, kind of a winner, rangy defender. They're saying Gavoni said on that pod, he's like, no ego at all. Like you wouldn't know, you know, he's this old part kid. of James Gang. James Gang. The Bronze a cool dad. I'm not even. No, not he even, seems it's like it's a just cool funny. Dad. They just they play yeah. it up so much. But I, I think outside of even LeBron coming to put, well, obviously I'm down for that. But sounds like a good Bucksy player too. Yeah, good three and D wing who's capable of playmaking. Yeah, yeah I'll kind take of a that any day. Lon- Lonzo esque almost is the vibe I'm getting. Which so oof. knock on wood for his knees. Yeah, oof. Uh, he's. I decide, it's so sad. Yeah, it is. It's shut so shut sad. down feels, for the year. Feels so bad for him. I know. Good player. Seems like a good guy too. Overall. Yeah. Uh, like his brother. Have you seen the videos of Lamelo leaving the facility? Yes. He's almost running people over this is and why running the red are lights. Unserious. Take his keys away, man. Like, that's it's bad. It's, it's bad. Like, this could turn into it's a cons- bad story. It's consistent. I saw, um, I think, Retro Jeff Hoops. He's a Rockets fan, but he has, like, good NBA. Just a good Twitter person I've been following. I hope that's the at or that's the display name, one of the others. But he um, said the Rockets would be a – or the, excuse me, the Hornets would be a contender if instead of being good at basketball, it was, like, players committing the most crimes. It's kind of wild. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane what the Hornets are doing. But like, there's like it's right outside the practice, like the yeah. arena. He's just like almost hitting people. It's and like running a, red lights. It's like a bit now. Like they're all out there filming every time, and he's just like doesn't care at all. Almost crashing the supercars that he has. It's ridiculous. Pretty wild. They. Yeah. I've never seen a team assemble a less talented group of criminals. It's wild. like usually like, at least there's upside, right? At least you're like, like the Dallas Cowboys, and you're getting like you know. Pro Bowl guys who are also, you know, oh, he fell in the draft because of this. The Hornets guys aren't even good. And they're they're also no. doing crimes and getting suspended and stuff. Like, very odd. Yeah. 
Michael Jordan, not a serious owner. Mitch Kupchak, baby. They, my MJ it is Kupchak. Signed that Timofey Mazdov and Luol Deng contracts and said, we need that guy. He understands the modern league. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he knows, how to, he knows how to put this money where not his mouth is. We're going to keep uh, so. bullying the Hornets until Andrew comes over totally. Yes, I think it's all it's all lotto based. If they fall three or lower, I think we got him. If they get Wemby or Scoot, I think they'll have him for another year or two at least. Yeah, Scoot and Lamelo, or yeah. like uh, Wemby and Lamelo, that's fun. Would Wemby like? Would Wemby do crimes if they drafted him? No, no, no. He did like he he's too. He's been like indoctrinated into like the NBA society already and like the lifestyle. He, kinda, he seems like like Gavoni said he's like a quiet guy. He, I get some, and I don't think it'll probably be the same like social justice. Maybe we'll see. Who knows? I got some Kareem from the way Gavoni described him. Just this huge guy who's like painting and listening to classical music. I was like, oh, that's kind of. I didn't expect that. That's fun. Yeah, seems like a good dude by all accounts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the only obviously, you know, I'm not saying he's has crime tendencies. It's just a hornet's observation. It's crime. I don't think I don't hopefully he doesn't go there and learn insurrection or anything from his future teammates. Hopefully not. <laughs> Although the French are prone to that. That is <laughs> their nation. They're, they're right well, and, with, and with that, <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Hero Zone here at Blue Wire GSP. And make sure you check out the Bobby Portis autographed jersey giveaway, as well yeah. as the interest form for our live event that we're going to be hosting yeah. Tuesday, April 4th. Make sure you check that out all at gspn.info, where you can also find links to all of our other podcasts here on GSPN, Substack, Merch Store, Discord links, playback links, whatever you need, all at gspn.info. And while, and just, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, make sure you are subscribed wherever you, it happens. It hasn't happened to me in a while, but it happens. Yeah. Uh, out of practice on the intro. I missed the last pod. But uh, this is an outro, your, so you're, you're right. Yeah. They teased me for doing it real bad on the last one. So it could be. I know. Worse. I think that got to my head. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or watching uh, this on YouTube or if you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, Pod Random, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>